All right. You have to say, you have to do the intro. You have to say, hi, I'm Andy Cook, and you're listening to Tech in Boston. Is that what it is? Hi, uh-huh. I'm Andy Cook, and you're listening to Tech in Boston. Yeah. What's the, who's, that, who's ever done the best intro? Uh, the best intro actually was Cancel. He's, hi, I'm David Cancel, and you're listening to Tech on Boston. <laughs> Hey, everybody. It's Dave. Uh, remember me from Tech in Boston? Uh, so it's been a little while. Been a little bit busier than expected lately. Uh, but I'm back and really pumped about this episode uh, with Andy Cook. He's the co-founder of a new company called Tetra. And the reason I wanted to have him on uh, was he just raised a bunch of money from angel investors here in Boston and thought it would be interesting to kind of go behind the scenes and instead of only talking about startup experience, actually talking about what it was like to raise money. Uh, So I wanted to ask a bunch of questions that, you know, are things that might come up all the time, but people don't always, you know, ask, like, how do you actually, how do you actually do that? What actually happens when you get the money? Like, how does it actually get into your your bank account? Uh, And what the whole process was for fundraising, why they decided to go uh, the angel investor route versus, uh, you know, more traditional seed seed investment firms uh, here in Boston. So it was a really fun conversation with Andy. Hopefully it provides a little bit different perspective uh, if you're into that type of stuff. And uh, send me some feedback. Tweet at me, at Tech in Boston. Let me know who you want to hear. Uh, looking to grab a couple interesting people. Not too many, but a couple more interviews for this summer. Uh, really want to sit down with somebody that, you know, you guys want to hear, but we haven't had on the show yet. So anyway, here's uh, the latest episode of Tech in Boston with Andy Cook, the co-founder of a new company here in Boston called Tetra. All right, uh, Andy, I'm pumped that we're finally finally doing this. So we're going to do a little something different today. Well, we're going to tell we're going to tell your story, which is interesting, uh, but also the purpose of this is you guys, your company, which you're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, just raised a bunch of money uh, from angel investors here in Boston, and like we've never really gotten into the weeds on this podcast about some of the more like tactical stuff when it comes to running a startup and building a business. And so uh, you're a pretty open and honest guy, and so we thought it'd be fun to have you come on and just kind of like talk about what what that process was like and uh, why you did it, and you know expectations and all the other shit that a lot of people don't really talk about. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Thanks all right, for so me. first of all, this is a huge. PR opportunity for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How many listeners are you? Uh, two, there's you too got? many. There's too many. Um, <laughs> thousands. But that, that part is true. All right. So what's Tetra? Tell, tell us about your company and what you guys are up to. So Tetra is an internal wiki for Slack. Most teams have trapped in their team members' heads all the knowledge on like how to do something, what the processes are, right. Right. what and the company's holidays Especially are. like, okay, we were both at a company. We're at HubSpot. HubSpot's like deep in the wiki, like all the knowledge is there. So that's a, that's a good example. Like people just kind of in, at a company like that, they share, here's how you edit this particular thing. Here's how you do this thing. Here's how you open the fucking door. Like there's all the knowledge is on the wiki. Yeah. And it's all on the wiki. And basically most companies have it trapped in people's heads. And so when those people leave, it leaves with them. Yeah. So the idea with Tetra is you write it all down and you document processes so that everyone can know how to do something so they can do their job better right. and more efficiently. And they don't have to like stop and ask their uh, teammates how to like do yeah. something. And the cool thing that you guys are doing is it's built on top of Slack. So you don't even have to leave the app that you're already using all day. Yeah. So what we found is that, uh, 
most people, it's kind of a pain to go use another tool uh, in order to get the information you need. So we wanted to just make it as simple as possible and as easy as possible to get at the information on the wiki. So we ended up building a way for you to query uh, Tetra right from Slack with the slash command. And we also have a notifications layer, too, that pumps in all the activity on the wiki. So you can kind of keep up to date on what's happening right inside of Slack. Uh, and then you don't go read anything on Tetra that's interesting. This is like half joking, half serious. Give me, give me two, uh, two seconds on uh, machine learning. <laughs> yeah, uh, good question, man. Uh, you know, I think it's interesting. Uh, right now, though, with, with Tetra, we're kind of just trying to build the foundation of like, how can we make a product that people actually like using? And, you know, the majority of the wikis out there are either like open source wikis that you self-host from like 1995, or, you know, there's a few big competitors that have every feature under the sun. Uh, so you either can use something that is, you know, uh, old and like 12 point times new Roman font. Right. Uh, it feels or, like Word, but like yeah, online. Yeah, you know, or like worse than Word. <laughs> or there's something that's like super powerful. So we're just trying to take the like 20% of features that you'd really want inside of a wiki yeah. and then really polish those up and make those awesome. And then, you know, once we have that foundation, then we'll start exploring cool. machine learning and all Can that people, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to drop that word. I no, think I know. Downloads go way up when I mention machine learning. That's a, that's <laughs> da- a fact. Data science, yeah, bots, yeah, data science, AI. Yeah, exactly. I'm making your downloads go up right Basically, now, Basically, yeah. yeah. Tech in Boston is actually run, uh, it's, it's using AI in the background. Little known fact, Dave is a bot. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so can people sign up for Tetra right now? Yeah, totally. You can sign up on our site. Uh, it's tetra.co. Cool. Uh, we have a free trial that we just launched like a week or two ago. So you can uh, come check out the product and you can uh, you know reach out to me anytime too with questions. It's andy at tetra.co. Are you playing around with like different models, free trial, free or... It's just just something you're trying to do to get people signing up. Yeah. So um, originally, uh, you know, we're, we basically uh, default to like paranoia and trying to get the product out into the yeah. hands of users. Yeah, as I fast ask because like that's what we're doing at Drift is like we were like let's make everything free and and we obviously have ways that you can pay us as you upgrade. But you know. yeah, so we actually uh, this is our third rebuild of the product. Uh, we've rebuilt it. This is uh, three times. So hopefully this one's here to stay. And, uh, you know, a wiki is one of those things where if you haven't used it before in another company, uh, you might not know how to use it. And so onboarding is, like, really important for a wiki. But we were too, we were too uh, impatient for that. So we ended up launching it without onboarding. And the first flow is actually a request to demo free trial. Nice. Like, I was the onboarding. Yeah. So now that we kind of know what people are looking for. We I think, I think it's smart. And I think a lot of people do it the other way, which is try to get everything right first. But, like, the, you know, we did the exact same thing here, which is, like, We'd rather have thousands of people writing into us and saying, I don't know how to get started than not ever get anybody in the product. Right. Those are all good problems to have. For sure. And you can manually hack them for a while. And my whole mentality is I don't know what the right way to do something is. And so I'd rather do it manually, figure it out, and then automate it. And then build it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So you have have an interesting story that I want to get into before uh, we talk about the fundraising thing and how you actually got to launch Tetra. So... You and I met, uh, we were both at HubSpot, and uh, you and your co-founder, Nelson, were working on uh, lead-in at HubSpot. How'd you actually get to HubSpot? Yes, that's a good question. Uh, So I got to HubSpot through an acquihire of my first startup, Rentabilities, uh, and really I got to HubSpot because I got to know Dharmesh Shah. How'd you get to know him? Yeah, so Dharmesh was actually our first angel investor uh, in Rentabilities, Uh, and the way I got to know him was uh, in college, right when I got out of college. Uh, I started working on rentabilities with my older brother and 
we didn't have any customers. And so I was like, ah, oh, I got to go figure out this, this marketing thing. You what know? year and, was this? Uh, 2010. Okay. Uh, now everyone knows how old I am. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I got the beard though. So no, that's good. It's good. Um, so that's 2010. And I just like went on Amazon and looked up like number one marketing book or like online marketing book. And was it in marketing. marketing? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it was in my marketing at the time. And, uh, so I read the whole thing and I read the entire thing in like two days and took all these notes. And then at the end of the book, there was a CTA that was like, reach out to us, the authors and with their email addresses. And so I was like, Oh, all right, I'll reach out to them. And so I sent Brian and Darmesh this crazy email with like, I counted it years later, like 14 exclamation points in it. No joke. <laughs> so and, did you, was, were the emails like literally Brian at HubSpot.com? Uh, yeah, that's not his email, but yeah, basically the like one you could probably guess by looking yeah, yeah. at any HubSpotters email. Yeah. And, uh, I emailed both of them and, and to, to Brian's credit, he got back to me and invited me into HubSpot TV. Uh, and I went in on a Friday with Alex and we met him and drank a beer, you know, very quickly. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward a few months, we got into mass challenge and Darmesh came to speak at mass challenge. And I was like, oh, my God, the guy from the book is coming to, <laughs> coming to speak. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I went out, got a coffee and like was coming back up to the elevator. And I hear like, hold the door. And I hold the door. And then Darmesh gets in the elevator. And I literally was just like so dumbfounded that like the author that I really like was pumped about uh, was in the elevator that I could muster was like, Good luck with your talk. You know, and he like looked up and was like, "Okay." So, anyways, then during the talk, he like. I guess that's better though, because you you could have just like you know thrown up your pitch all over him. Oh yeah, you know I just I couldn't do it. You know I guess the coffee hadn't kicked yeah. in yet. But um, yeah. So, anyways, then he gave his talk and it was really good. And there was maybe like fifteen people there because uh, it was like a ten a.m. talk on a Friday. Um, and I took notes on his entire talk and I just like wrote quotes down that he was saying. And then afterwards, I ran to my cubicle, got my book, got him to autograph it like a dork. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember you emailed me. And I was like, yeah. And then uh, afterwards, I went home or back to my cube or whatever. Your cube. Yeah. And wrote up a, uh, I know cubicles, right? Uh, I wrote up a blog post called 14 Lessons, but 14 Startup Lessons from Dharmesh Shah. That's sweet. I published it. And it got like 300 tweets or something in like 20. 10, which is like pretty good. Yeah, it's basically then. half the internet. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I got like half the internet. <laughs> and Darmesh came on and commented it and then started following me on Twitter. And then we were both nocturnal. So we would keep going back and nice. forth with each other. Nice. And then uh, eventually when we were raising, we sent him this email uh, that was like, we set up like a blog post that was like, four reasons why Darmesh Shah should invest in two young Boston entrepreneurs. And, you know, there was like four different reasons. Yeah. And uh, yeah. He sent us this email that uh, uh, I'll never forget it, actually. I uh, went out, and then I came home. It was a Friday night, and I checked my email at, like, 2 a.m., and I opened, I see an email from Darmesh. Like, you know, we had sent him the email that earlier that day. And he sent us this email. that was like, congratulations, you unlocked the investor commitment at 2 a.m. on the Friday night badge, because this is when Foursquare was That's really awesome. big. And, uh, you know, he was like, you guys remind me of me, but like younger and, you know, scrappy. That's a great email. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, my now fiance, we just started dating at the time, like totally like danced around and that's around amazing. Like 2am. That's great. So that's a good memory. So, so he just wrote that, like, you didn't have to show him anything. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we, we attached our deck to the email, but he kind of knew what, what we were working on and who, who we were at the time. Right. But you know, it wasn't like a, 
I met him once, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. got him to invest. No, that was I, a I was process. asking because more we were talking before uh, this, and just like more so about guys like that, like you know, his more philosophy on writing checks and angel investing. Yeah. So the thing that uh, I really like about Darmesh is he. He has this mentality, which is as soon as you give the angel money to a startup, it's gone. Uh, it's gone. You know, you can consider it gone. Uh, <laughs> sunk costs. It's just like you're not going to get it back. Yeah. Uh, and that's really like yeah, because yeah. nine out of ten startups fail, right? Yeah. When you look at the numbers. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I haven't heard him say this, but the way I basically think about it, if, if I were an angel, which I'm not, uh, but if I were, I would just be like, all right, well, if I'm going to lose the money. Uh, nine out of ten times, I'd really just invest in like people that I can learn from and hang yeah. out of, or want to help, day yeah. and want or want to help. Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm going to lose the money, so I might as well have fun helping right. people while I'm doing it. So, uh, so anyway, you end up going to HubSpot. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up, uh, you know, we we worked on rentabilities for like three years after that, and. We went to HubSpot because we ran out of money and yeah. we couldn't raise an A and yep. we had turned over every rock with rentabilities and it just, uh, it was a rental marketplace for stops like bouncy castles, tables and chairs, chainsaws, you can rent them online <laughs> from us and uh, we just couldn't get it going. Um, and so we ended up doing an acquire with HubSpot and uh, yeah, went there to work on a special project. Elias recruited us. He did? <laughs> yeah. He uh, was con- trying to convince he's a, us. He's an assassin. I'm gl- yeah. That's, oh, he's good. It's not surprising. He's yeah. very, the best. The best there is. He got uh, us. <laughs> so you go to HubSpot and then um, you guys ended up working on Lead In. Yeah. So um, Alex and I, we both went over to HubSpot. That's your brother? And, yeah. My brother, Alex, uh, we both went over to HubSpot and uh, he went on one project and I went on another project called Lead In, uh, which was basically a skunkwork style startup in a startup inside a HubSpot uh, where, you know, the only direction we really got was from David, where we asked him like our first day, David Cancel, uh, who's my direct boss. Uh, we asked him the first day, like, what are we working on? And he sent us this email that was like, you know, uh, I want you to build like middle of the funnel marketing tools. Uh, it should be really simple. You can make it free or cheap. The only thing you have to do is make sure to use orange in the logo. That was it. Like, use orange in the logo. Go do it. You know, so that's You didn't did. know anybody. You had to figure everything out. Uh, well, the nice thing is that I actually got teamed up with my friend, Nelson Joyce, oh, that's uh, right. yeah, who yeah. had yeah. Uh, been working at HubSpot for two and a half years. Uh, he actually interned, air quotes, uh, at Rentabilities for three months uh, before he went over to HubSpot. They grabbed him from us. So uh, you had a little internal knowledge to help kind of navigate and... Yeah, Nelson was basically like my Sherpa. Um, <laughs> you know, nice. I could trust him. We've been we we've been friends since like seventh grade, mm-hmm. so we've known each other forever. And so I really had like no idea what I was doing when I got there because I just didn't go to any of the training because uh, <laughs> I wanted to like go yeah. work on this startup yeah. thing, you know. So Nelson basically explained uh, explained everything to me. A good example of that actually is um, you know now I know that HubSpot has a acronyms uh, acronyms page on their wiki. Uh, but in that original email David sent us, uh, and I don't tell this story often because it's embarrassing, but I'll tell it. Uh, he, you know, put in there like the feature set should be like really simple, you know, like calls to action, you know, which should get people to convert in your site and email and, uh, you know, landing pages, all that good stuff. And he wrote in, you know, real mofu in a box type features. And so I read that as, you know, 
motherfucker, Mother, motherfucker yeah, yeah, in a box type yeah, features. Like yeah. the yeah, build features. This is gonna be so some good. powerful yeah. shit. Like so good. <laughs> build features so good that you will just yell yeah. motherfucker yeah. out loud in yeah. like excitement, you yeah. know, whereas at HubSpot Mofu means middle of the funnel. <laughs> I didn't know that for yeah. like three for like three weeks awesome. or so until Nelson told me. So yeah, he kinda told me everything. So and then we'll fast forward a little bit and then Earlier this year, last year, it's 2016. Yeah, early uh, end of 2015, you and Nelson left to go start uh, Tetra. Yeah, so... Um, did you know it was going to be Tetra, or did you, were you just guys like, we want to go start a company together, and we don't know what it's going to be? No, so the uh, the original name of Tetra was actually Nowell. Nowell? Yeah. How do you spell Nowell? No idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was K-N-O-W-L. Okay. That was going to be the original name, because it was the combination of like, no, and we thought owls are knowledgeable. Okay. That was about the extent of what we thought about before <laughs> we, le- we left. Was uh, that like a 3 a.m. like name? I don't know. Nelson came up with it. Uh, you know, we like went on a walk one day and he was like, I got this, like, I'm thinking about like this thing. I want to call it Nowell. Yeah. So like that was when we talked about, but, um, yeah. So the way that we came up with the idea for Tetra is that for the first 14 months working on lead in, uh, it was basically just Nelson and I, we did everything. Like we did all of the engineering, all the product design uh, Nelson did all the actual design, mm-hmm. uh, all the support, all the marketing, like all the sales, everything basically. And then in the 14th month, we got more uh, what HubSpot calls funding, which is basically headcount. Uh, and our team went from just Nelson and I to six people overnight in 24 hours. And so uh, all these new people joined the team, and they basically had no idea what was even going on and like how we did things, you know, what the mission was, because we were like a stealth team. And so it was HubSpot. just two guys. Yeah. yeah, two guys like working on some secret yeah. Skunk Works project. Yeah. And so, you know, we were like, oh, well, we want a wiki just like HubSpot has, but we don't want the one they're using because it's just way too much. We don't right. need all those features. Right. Let's just go sign up for a simple team wiki. And we went out and we looked for a tool and there was nothing out there at all. It was like you could either use HubSpot uses Confluence, like use Confluence or like build something yourself like, you know, 1995 mm-hmm. wiki. Uh, mm-hmm. So we kind of like realized like, oh, why has anyone just built like a really, really good design product first wiki uh for small teams so that's kind of when we thought about it and then we filed it away for eight months uh you know we were the the mission at the time was to get lead into inbound which we did and we weren't going to leave before we did that and then you know at, after inbound we kind of evaluated what we wanted to do and we couldn't get that idea out of our head so we left yeah. to go do it all right so so you leave to go do it and uh i want this is what i want to talk about is the the whole fundraising part of it so you set out to go do it, and you were going to bootstrap this thing oh, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. The, the plan was to bootstrap it, you know, and we both had money saved. Yep. You know, it's, uh, it's funny because before we left HubSpot, you kind of had that conversation like you do. With, what do we want to do? Uh, yeah, like what do you want to do? And it's almost like getting married, you know, like you have a conversation about your finances, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, what do you need to spend money on? How yeah. much is your school loan? Yeah. Like well, how much is your rent? All that stuff. So we both knew, you know, uh, like how much money was in each other's bank accounts and how yeah. much money we had. Right. And we basically is thought, it, and then you guys were close. So that's not a weird conversation. Um, or maybe it was, but like, how do you figure out what's acceptable? Like if that's you and me right now and you're like, dude, you spend two grand a month on like sneakers, like cut that shit out. Like, is that part of the conversation or is it? I, I would think it is. Yeah. Cause if you can't have those, you know, candid, honest conversations with someone and have them not get mad at you. Like, yeah. you probably shouldn't start yeah. a company with someone if 
you know, you're going to freak out about a conversation about shoes because like way, like way worse things are coming. For that sure. are going to be much harder to talk about. And, so you and be comfortable did, did you want to bootstrap it because you didn't like what? I won't even lead you. Just why do you want to bootstrap it? Yeah, good question. Um, so really, if you look at like the state of technology now and especially SaaS startups, you can get something going for much, much cheaper than what it used to cost. You know, you have like AWS and Heroku cheap hosting. You have all these open source tools that you can use as well. Give me a, give me a number. Like everybody says like it's cheap to get a company off the ground. Like what do you, what's a realistic, like something that you threw in some Google sheet or Excel like to figure this out? Yeah, so a is lot it like of five grand, ten grand more. Uh, I mean, most of it depends upon what do you need to live as the founders, you okay. know. And so we calculated it out to like, if we could get the ten grand in monthly recurring revenue, we could both live off that comfortably and be fine. For so sure. that was like basically, the and, and that would include expense like company expenses, like uh, you know, AWS costs, and yeah, basically that would include everything, yeah. you know. And it's like projection so who knows if they were right you know we'll never know but yeah Yeah. that was basically and then okay so then why we're talking about fundraising today so that obviously means you didn't bootstrap what what changed things yeah so originally we were like okay well internal wikis have been done you know like it's kind of a boring category so we can chisel off some section of the market uh, with a better like design and a simpler product, basically, is what we realized. So you thought it was a good thing that people have already done it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because there's know? already a market there. Yeah, there's a market there. Like you know, There's a, some subset of humanity that right. knows what an internal wiki and is. Especially because it's old. You're like, if we're the new thing in this space, there's got to be some momentum. Right, totally. And so we were like, oh, well, if we can just find the teams that value design, we can get them, get to our 10 grand or whatever, and be fine. And like, the sky's the limit after that, mm-hmm. you know? But what ended up happening was uh, we, in December of last year, uh, we had launched a product. We had given it to like 15 teams who all said they wanted like a simple internal wiki and only like two of them used it. And so we were kind of like, ah, this isn't a good sign if like people who, you know, are knocking down our doors to use this thing aren't using it. And then Slack launched their platform as well. And so we went back to all those people like, well, what if we could hook it up to Slack for you? You know, what if we took our simple wiki and hooked up to Slack? And they're like, that'd be awesome. Do you have that, like, built? And we basically were like, "Uh, give us two weeks. Yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it. It's on our roadmap. Yeah, and so we literally (laughs) scrapped the entire, like, code base that we were working on for two months. Let's do this on top of Slack. Yeah, and we rebuilt an entirely new MVP 100% on top of the Slack platform. Like, we didn't even have a database when we launched the thing. Uh, And we put it out there, and we gave it all those teams, and then got an article in Boston out as well. And we had like probably close to 100 teams sign up in 48 hours. And so at that point, we were like, oh, from wow. a Bostino article? Yeah, Bostino, uh, from the Bostino article, basically. Damn. Yeah, I, those guys are great. Uh, I guess so. Guys and gals, sorry. I guess uh, so. Well, okay, if you get 100 from a Bostino article, you better get 1,000 damn signups from this podcast. I think we will. <laughs> Sign up, tetra.co, uh, with two T's, T E T T R A. But yeah, so like we had a lot of signups as well. And we were like, wow, the market here is way bigger than we thought it was. Because all these, we basically thought like, okay, a team has to have 50 or so team members to even like merit having an internal wiki, right? Like you wouldn't have enough content in there and like everyone's busy and they're not going to do it. And we had teams like as small as five people signing up saying, I need, I need this. Like, you know, I don't have time to train people. I got to write stuff down. Right. So, you know, we kind of realized we need to move faster. So we decided to raise raise around. All right. Then what? 
Yeah. So, uh, so the fun, the interesting story is that, uh, we, I guess the, so let me, let me backpedal here. Go ahead. The first time I tried to raise a seed round, uh, was extremely difficult, you know, for rentabilities. We didn't know anyone like we didn't have relationships with those investors. And, and the seed stage is hard because you don't have like, you're not going to people with like this amazing business with all these metrics. And you're saying like, look, here's where we're already at. If we can get this amount of money, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Most of it's just like, do I believe in the team and do I believe in the market? You know, and like, you usually don't have a working product. If you <laughs> did, you'd be further along at raising an A or something like that. So the first time I tried to raise this year, I was really hard. This time was much different. Uh, so like originally Mike Volpe pinged us when he found out we were working on an internal wiki in like late November, December and was like, let's get coffee. So we meet up with him and he's like, well, why aren't you guys raising money? And we were like, well, we're, you know, we're going to bootstrap it. We're going to self fund it. Like we're paying for it out of our pockets. And he was just like, why don't you let me give me some money? And we were like, no, no, we don't want the money. Like, no. Yeah. Did he give like, you an amount? Yeah, you know, he, he had yeah. an amount, okay. and then he said he could bring in a couple other investors okay. as well, and it wasn't a small amount of money, you know, like, it would have sustained us. And Volpe loves his wiki, so this is, like, a good, this was a good Oh, match. yeah, well, yeah. that's what it was. He was like, I know those guys, you know, he had worked with us at HubSpot. Right, knew you from uh, HubSpot, also, us, you know, like, loved the space, Yeah, you know, so it was, like, team and market, exactly. Like, we didn't even really have a good product. We didn't even really have a product at that point. Uh, so we were like, no, no, we'll, we'll tell you when we're raising. He said, okay. So then fast forward like three months later, uh, you know, uh, so we had just decided to raise like that day. And you know, this is probably late January, early February. I don't really remember. Uh, and we happened to have a meeting with David here at Drift uh, just to catch up and hang out. So we didn't see him in a while. Um, and so we come here and, you know, we're hanging on like drinking a, drinking a beer and uh, chilling and great offices by the way oh yeah it's a great office yeah yeah man it'd be nice to work here <laughs> there we go ding yeah yeah yo me a beer uh so anyway like we're here and then eventually the conversation turns to at the end of the meeting with david like all right well if you guys raise money let me know and we said well we're raising money you know and we're uh, doing it he was uh, like oh really and i was like yeah you in and he was like Okay. Yeah. And then and just like, like that, you knew you already yeah. had, you could go back to Volpe and say... Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, we pinged Mike and we're like, hey, man, we're, we're raising. Yeah. Are you in? He's like, yeah. And then he, Mike, brought in the Boss Syndicate as well, which is great for Boston too, uh, yeah. which is a syndicate that Accomplice puts out on AngelList. Explain uh, how that works, because I think this is one of those things that a lot of people talk about. Not a lot of people actually ask what it means and how it works. So explain that. Yeah. So it's a really interesting concept. And I'm really excited that it exists in Boston because uh, I think it's a great idea. Basically, the the way it works is it's an angelist syndicate that Accomplice funds. And then uh, TJ Mahoney runs it for Accomplice. And he went out and he found 40 what are called bosses. And they're basically operators who um, are experienced. And so what you can do as an entrepreneur is you, if you can convince one of the 40 bosses. And Volpe's one of them. Yeah, okay. Volpe's a boss. Yeah. Um, David's a boss, boss. Elias is a boss as well. Um, If you can convince one of those bosses to invest in you, they can bring in the boss syndicate extremely quickly uh, for, I think it's a 250K check. Uh, And so Mike you know, gave us a check and then brought in the boss syndicate. And then with Cancel's money, we immediately had a pretty So does that mean you get 250 from the remaining 40 of those people? Uh, Yeah, so good question. So basically the boss syndicate comes in for 250, uh, plus the money that the original boss uh, puts in as well. 
And then what happens is an angelist syndicate is opened up right. through the boss. So this is basically like TJ running that. You're running that fund. It's basically saying like, we trust these 40 people enough. If one of them is good with this investment, this is good for, this is the bet we're going to make. Yeah. So it's all social proof. Uh, yeah. And that's like basically every investor's question when you go to ask them. Uh, you know, the who question's else? always, who else is in, right? Yeah. Who else has put money in? Yeah. And it's, I'm sure like it was momentum for you, right? Now you got Volpe, you got Cancel, you can go to the rest of, you know, you can start going down the list and saying like, we already got these people in. Right, you know, and so we immediately went into uh, our seed round having a sizable portion of it raised and then we opened up the syndicate and got another like 50K through uh, the syndicate as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were off to the races at that point. Uh, so yeah, then what we did was we were like, oh, well, if we could just get like two seed firms to come in as well and fill it out, we'll be done. Yeah. Like, and then uh, what happened? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> good question. So we went out and talked to most of the, uh, seed firms in Boston and, you know, we were kind of at this funky stage where we had just relaunched our product. You know, uh, we kind of proved that there was something there, but the product was, I'll be honest, a complete piece of shit. Uh, you know, it didn't really make sense. And we hadn't really refined our vision for the product, uh, as well. And you're like, well, when they asked like, well, what is this? What's yeah. your, what's your roadmap? You know? And we'd be like, oh, well it could be this right. or it could be this or it could be this. But then you go to Slack and Slack is a huge differentiator. Well, that was the, this was the Slack version that we were pitching. Oh really? On. Yeah. Okay. So this was the Slack version in February that we were pitching. And people still were that. like, I don't get it. Yeah. So the tough thing there is whenever you say I'm going to build on another person's platform that immediately turns everyone off, you know, and we, we launched it without a database. It was literally, we weren't even storing the data. And so like it was, that was really hard for people to get over. Uh, but you know, we knew that we would eventually rebuild it and store all the data on our side, like obviously, uh, but people kind of had a hard time getting past that. Um, and you know, we also didn't have a clear vision for the product and really my problem is I'm too honest. And so like people be like, well, what's your roadmap? And I'd be like, well, you know, in my experience having a big vision and like, you know, I, this whole mentality of like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I just need to go do it. And it's like, you know, step one create the mission, step two, build a step three profit. Like that doesn't work. Like there's no silver bullets. I know I'm wrong. So really what we're going to do is just build stuff and talk to users and then iterate yeah. and figure it out. And they're and like, like, no, not, like, no not with that. my money. You're not doing that. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, everyone knows that that's the right answer, but yeah. it's not yeah. exciting, you know? And it's kind of scary to be like, yeah, we all know that no one knows what they're doing, but like right. we don't want to hear that. So mm-hmm. we, now we now we're at that stage because we've been doing it for you know five six months yeah. since then. We know what we're doing, but so how'd you end up filling out? So you so you didn't get the seed firms in Boston, but you ended up filling out the round. Yeah. So eventually we we decided, uh, you know what, like we'd probably be better off raising a smaller round, going with angels that we know, uh, and let's just do it that way. So we decided to move on from the seed, uh, the seed VCs and go after angels. And so I immediately just pinged everyone that I, I knew, right? We had a list. Um, and I sent out a bunch of emails and then no one responded for like a week and a half, two weeks, you know? And so that was kind of the point where it was like, ah, oh, we had all this momentum and I don't know if we're going to close this thing anymore. Uh, so it was kind of kind of scary you know? what did what did you need to do in order to close it was just a certain number of a, a certain dollar amount that you had in mind yeah so really the way that that works uh, another good question Dave. uh really Thank the you. way that that works is you have an amount that you want to raise but you don't really want to say you're raising that amount as a minimum 
Because if you end up raising slightly less than that amount, you told everyone you're going to raise that amount, you can't close the round. Right. So we had. So a, you don't actually you don't actually get like if those guys all threw in fifty grand, you don't get that hundred grand. Right. Yeah. Like let's say uh, I'll just say my amount, Go. which was we yeah. had an amount that was six fifty that we wanted to get to. Okay. Internally. So you wanted to get to six fifty. That would be the ideal scenario. Right. And we would take as low as five hundred k is basically what okay. we had. But if you can only get two people to come in and it's a hundred, it's not like you get that hundred. You can. I but mean, what are you going to do? What's the point of that? Right. And most people will be weary because that's probably not enough money to get to whatever amount of traction you need to get to. Right. And so it's kind of like, well, you took my money, but you didn't raise the amount of money you told me you were going to raise. Right. So like, it's kind of shifty, you yeah. know? But yeah, I mean, so we had our like 500K amount and then we stalled out at like 350 after we did the syndicate and it just didn't feel good. But then eventually, uh, Brian Chin from Visible Measure pinged me. And he was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been super busy. I missed the syndicate, but I want to come in. Like, could you make some room? And I was like, yeah, like for a larger check. And he's like, okay, like I can do a large check. And it was basically like 10x what I thought it was going to be because he was bringing in another person as well, convinced that person to come in too. So then that immediately put us up like over what we wanted. And then he also introduced us to two more other, two more angels as well. And so the, we got over the amount we wanted. And then I used that momentum to ping all the other angels as well and say, like, we're closing up. And so at that point, we hit our 650 number, like, all within 24 hours. So it just kind of, like, snowballed in. That's awesome. Yeah. What actually happens when you get the money? Yeah. uh, Like, how does that work? Like, you have, like, tell me me that process. Yeah, so. This is all going to happen. Yeah. You're like, here's my routing number. Uh, well, you give them your routing number. Uh, so you say, okay, uh, all right, you're committed, and I'm going to send you the paperwork, yeah. and you send it to them. Yep. And then I also include the wire information as well yep. for our bank account um, so that they could you know, sign the paperwork, send the money, and get it in. And you do this all with a lawyer or without? Uh, we had a lawyer. Uh, so funny thing is we actually didn't incorporate until we decided to raise money uh, so we went like, like this months. is official now yeah we're like we better we better incorporate because i don't think you can actually take investment without being an incorporated uh corporation That's uh, awesome. we didn't even have a bank account either so even if we got like a check we wouldn't have like do you guys have cash we'll take, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. put it under my mattress briefcase full of cash so we got all that stuff squared away with a lawyer uh and then you know, we use the safe, which is, for, uh, you can download that, like Y Combinator puts it out, which basically stands for uh, safe and, I forget what it stands for. But anyway, it's basically like a convertible note. Uh, and so we just use the same terms for everyone. And I would just fill out the paperwork and send it to people and cool. collect it and then get the money in yeah. the bank account. Uh, I'm glad you told that. What, what happens, like, then you have the money. Then what? You hire somebody, get office space, pay yourself. Like, what, what, what do you do? Now, like, you know, this whole thing just becomes real all of a sudden, right? You go from not even having, like, being incorporated as a company to now you have, you know, almost a million dollars in a bank account, and it's time to, like, do something. Yeah, so... Uh, like, I guess it shouldn't change anything, but it, but it does, right? Yeah, so, I mean, you try not to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... Like some people, uh, you know, might be like, oh, like you go out and party and you celebrate and it's a huge win. And to, to me, it seems like just the, the start of the journey. right? Yeah, well, so like, I mean, you, you and I were talking about this before. Like we've both been at early stage companies um, and it's just your perspective, right? Your perspective is like, this is not the end game. This is just the beginning. And like, we don't, this isn't a celebration. It's like, we're going to get going now. 
Yeah, so the way I explain this to my family, who, besides my brother, not in the tech world at all, is, you know, they're like, whoa, you got so much money. Right. And I was like, yeah, well, the way I think about this is like, you know, you can think of our company as like a chef, right? And we went out and we collected all the ingredients to cook a meal. And like a chef, you'd never be like, amazing job getting the mushrooms <laughs> to cook your meal, right? Like you just wouldn't do it because you've got to see this guy. He has yeah, all the ingredients. He's got broccoli ready. and asparagus and salmon. Like he's like, it's you gonna wouldn't be, celebrate it's gonna that. Be incredible. You know? Like, cause you know that the chef can burn the meal, right? And it's not a good meal to you to, you, you know, make a good meal. Yeah, and so, yeah. or you can walk in the house and be like somebody cooking fish. What the, <laughs> right. And so like really with fundraising is it's the same thing. Like you've got the ingredients yeah. to go build a company. Yeah. Now you have to do it and you could burn it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I've had a company not work out before. For and sure. luckily we had a soft landing from HubSpot, but like I'm pretty paranoid that it's not going to work. Good. And that's the right, that's the right mentality. I think if anything we've learned, you know, especially just over the last year with startups, a lot of companies raise money, you know, two years ago under the you know, premise that they were going to come back and raise this year and everything is kind of dried up. And so it's, you're just, you know. Yeah. And I think the way you need to, you know, Paul Graham is a great uh, post about this called uh, default alive. And basically the way you got to think about it is your company's dead until it's not, you know, and if you're making less money than you spend, it's highly likely that you will run out of money. You know, you might be able to raise another round, but like, you know, you should assume you're going to die. Yeah. All right, I want to try to wrap this thing up, but I want to go with the um, thing I was going to ask you was, so now you have 20, how many, 22 investors? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you, like, is, do you have a responsibility to keep them updated? Do you send them something? Like, how do you, how do you do, what do you do? Yeah, so technically, no. Okay. Like, you know, we could take the money and disappear for two years okay. and then, like, never yeah. talk to them, but... My mentality on this is, yes, you do have a responsibility to keep your investors up to date. Uh, so we send out monthly updates that you know are kind of just progress updates of like what we got done that month, where we're struggling, uh, kind of what the wins were yeah. and where we're heading. Like if you had a company meeting, you're presenting bullets to the team or, yeah. Right. And so the nice thing about that is, one, if things don't go great, then you know, no one can say like, well, you didn't tell me what was going on. How did I know this? They read the updates every month. Two, if you're struggling with anything, it's an opportunity for people with experience. You know, you hopefully raise money from people for a reason uh, to help you. And do, do they read that email and say, Hey guys, why haven't you thought of this? Uh, yeah, we've had people respond back and be like, Hey, you need help with PR. Like I know so-and-so or like I can help you with that type of stuff too. And then the other nice thing too, is just from a you know, that healthy paranoia is it's a monthly cadence to basically reevaluate every month and not get too deep in the weeds. Right. You know, and if you go from June to July, you didn't get anything done and you have to look back on it when you write that update, you kind of ask yourself like, what happened? Where right. it's really easy to get. Right. Like, and you're, and this is, this is a good approach. Like you're not, you're not like, oh my God, what you're not writing down. Like what's our quarterly plan. You're just like living week to week and month to month and using these as kind of like the checkpoints to evaluate stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like a self-reflection that we share with other people. So it's a good way to keep the pressure, keep the pressure on. Cool. What else? Anything we miss? Uh, if you need an internal wiki for, uh, <laughs> I think we got that. Team. I think we made that. <laughs> Sign up for Tetra. Cool. Well, I'm glad you did this. Uh, thanks for doing it. Uh, if people want to listen and, and uh, you know tweet at you after the show, where, where can they where can they find you? Uh, so I'm basically Andy G Cook, uh, C O O K everywhere online, and then my email's Andy at Tetra.co. If you want to hit him up, cool. Thanks. Thanks, thanks man. Me. Thanks for doing it. Yep. Bye.
Don't forget you can check out all the previous episodes at techinboston.co. You can also subscribe to the Tech in Boston weekly newsletter there. Get all the links and the news from Boston's top entrepreneurs and investors delivered right to your inbox every Sunday night.